to read to you a passage in Revelation. I've, I've meditated quite a bit about what, what to preach on the first Sunday of the year. What to preach. I've, I've done a lot of first Sundays. I went back and looked at my notes. went back to look at my database. I've at least preached uh, 30 Sundays, first Sundays of the year. And I've never preached on this that I know of. This was a new sermon to me. Revelation chapter 19, I have preached on before, but not this way. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 16, we're going to usher, as it were, the year in. Now let me forewarn you that today we are a little low, possibly in attendance, but next week we'll be overflowing. You want to come early, get a good parking spot. And because probably next next uh, two months is our peak two months of the whole year, everywhere you go, and so it doesn't make it makes sense to hear also people coming down. Appreciate it. So in verse eleven, we see the second coming of Jesus Christ, and it says, "And I saw heaven open, and behold, the white horse, and he that sat on him was called faithful and true." And in righteousness that he judge and make war. This is his purpose. The second coming of Jesus Christ is to judge and to make war. The coming of Christ for the church, which is what we call the rapture, has none of those elements in it. And that's why it's different. The rapture is not the second coming for those who want to make it the same or close to the same. Now I'll speak about that. And his eyes were a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So we see his purpose in verse 11. We see in verse 13 his person. He is the Word of God. He is the living Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Those are the people. So we have the purpose of him coming. We have the person of him, which is the word of God. And we have the people that are coming with him. That's you and me, by the grace of God. That's the church of Jesus Christ. That's his bride, which he is the head. We are his body, made clear in the New Testament. Nowhere in the world does Israel take that position. And so we see, and out of his mouth goeth the sharp sword, which, and with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. When he comes, the sword out of his mouth, of course, is his word. And when he comes, there's going to be universal justice. Beautiful. He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty God. Here, number four is his power. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. This is his position. Because he's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He came back the first time as a lamb and was rejected. He'll come back the second time as a lion and he is expected. 
And we'll take a few minutes this morning and usher in the new year with this thought, the king is coming. Not a king, the king. Because he's the king of everything that has consciousness, good, bad, or ugly. He's the king of everything because he made everything, and by him all things were created that are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. that cover it? That pretty well does, doesn't it? He's a king. Since Jesus went back into heaven, this has been on the minds of Christians. The second coming, I'm not talking about the rapture now, I'm talking about his second coming, is recorded in both testaments. And as I go to these various places, you may not have time to find them, or you may not even know where to find them if you're a young Christian. Don't worry about that. Just listen. You can watch this later. It's, uh, it's going to be put up on the web and other places, uh, iTunes and all kinds. You can re-listen this if you want to. But don't spend your time watching, looking around your Bible and not paying attention. In Zechariah chapter 14, verse 3 through 9, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, and when he fought in the, as, as when he fought in the day of battle, his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. It's interesting to note, my wife and I slept on the top of the Mount of Olives for five days in a motel there that's called the Seven Arches Motel, which is located on the very top of the Mount of Olives. Every time I went outside, I was looking up. He's going to come right to this place. There's only one place that's the top of the Mount of Olives. And the Bible says very specifically, that'll be the place where he's coming, which is before Jerusalem on the east, the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof, uh, toward the east and toward the west, and there should be a, a, a very great valley, half on the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it shall toward, toward the south. And you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel. Yea, you shall flee like the day you fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God, who? The Lord my God shall come with all his the saints with thee. This is Old Testament, Zechariah. The second coming of Christ was known, foretold, and understood both testaments, both testaments. And they agree with each other when they describe it. Though they're a thousand years apart or hundreds of years apart, and for, for sure no less than 600 years apart in, in the writing of these things. And yet they agree exactly with what the other says, supernatural. No doubt about it. He shall come with all these saints. Who are those? That's you and me. Born again believers from heaven. If you're born again today and know Christ your personal Savior and you know you know. Buddy, don't come to me and say, I think I'm saved. Don't do that. Something as big as salvation, you either know it or you don't know it. Amen. You wouldn't come to me this morning and say, I think I got my driver's license. Well, if you do, you probably shouldn't have one. You either know you got it or you don't know you have it. You, you're not going to come to me this morning and say, I think I'm alive. I mean, you're either alive or you're not alive. You're either born from above and you know it, or you're not born from above and you don't know it. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear in the dark, but it shall be one day that shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time shall be light. 
And it shall be in that day that living water shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them towards the former sea, that's the Mediterranean, half of them toward the hinder sea, that's the Dead Sea, in the summer and in the winter shall it be. And the Lord, now listen to this in verse 9, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord and his name one. Now there's many, right? They say Allah's God. They say this Hindu has a million gods. Hinduism, and all these various religions say this is God, no, that's God, no, this is God. That's God, Jesus Christ, when he comes back and sets his feet on the mountain, I was going to settle all that. And all of those who have worshipped false gods are going to agree that he's God. To the glory of God the Father, Philippians says that. Every knee shall bow and every, eye, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's going to settle it all. Boy, I'm going to enjoy that day. When, when finally there's no another opinion, another idea, another way, when there really is only one way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto me, unto the Father, but by me. He's made it clear. Now, what, you got three options with that. He's either a liar, or he's a lunatic, or he is who he said he was. He's Lord. What do you believe? You believe in one of those three options, one way or another, either passively or aggressively. You have, to, you have to make your mind up. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 15, it says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Your King. The Jews rejected Jesus as their King when He came to them. He came to his, unto His own, but the Bible says His own received Him not. But to as many as received Him, them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in His name. John 1.12. And so, in John chapter 19, verse 15, during the trial of Jesus, Pilate brings Jesus before him, and they say, but they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, wow, we have no king but Caesar. The Jews rejected their king. And they said, more, more so, they said, let his blood be upon us and our children. You want to know anti-Semitism, where it's come from? That statement. That statement. Let his blood be upon us and our children. And indeed it has been and will be till they accept him as their king, which they will, by the way. A group of them will, finally and once for all. Even on his superscription above the cross, uh, Pilate wrote, this is the king of the Jews. Even the wise men that were seeking him out at his birth in Matthew 2.2 2, said, we seek the king of the Jews. And Pilate, when, asked, when he asked Jesus uh, if he were the king of Jews, Jesus said, Thou sayest, that is a Hebrew, that's an idiom for yes. Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Pilate, this heathen, yes, I am. The soldiers that took him away and put a crown of thorns upon his head and beat him to almost pass recognition as a man, mockingly called him and bowed down to him and said, Hail, king of the Jews. Even in his... Mocking 
God had him called who he was, king of the Jews. Matthew chapter 27, 29. Since the very ascension of Jesus going back into heaven, the promise of his return has been in the minds of every honest Christian. Acts chapter 1, verse 11 says, Which also said, ye men of Galilee, these angels, two angels, when Jesus went up into clouds, he said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. What does that mean, in like manner? It means he'll come back publicly. That's what it means. That means he's going to come back bodily. That's what it means. It means he's going to come back visibly. That's what it means. He's going to come back geographically to Israel by the, by the as I just read in Zechariah there, the very Mount of Olives. He's coming back supernaturally. Matthew 24, 27 says, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. We here in Florida get to see that. Well, we get the best. You, po- you northern folks leave at some of our best time of the year. Our summertime is one of them big old mountains of, of clouds gather going up to 50,000 feet and have lightning dancing up and around through them and then lightning storms all over. But Florida is one, one of the best states to be in to be killed by lightning. Thirteen and a half people, I don't know who the half is. Thirteen and a half people a year die from lightning strike in Florida. Don't play the lottery. When I read one time that you got a lot better chance of being struck and killed by lightning than you have of playing the, of winning the lottery, I said, "Well, I never bought a lottery ticket since. Never since not one lottery ticket I've ever purchased. But I've sure waited in line to pay for my goods while other people did. Yes. And if I found a lottery ticket on the ground that was a winning ticket for five hundred million dollars, I'd pick it up and cash it in." I still could say I hadn't bought one. The second coming of Christ is going to be glorious. This is my thought for the year, by the way. The king is coming. The king is coming. This will not be the rapture. Many differences between the rapture and the second coming. Let me give you a few real quick here for you that want to know. The rapture is the removal of all believers, while the king coming is a manifestation of, of Jesus to the world, not just to the believers, but to the world. The rapture sees saints taken up into the clouds, according to 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18, uh, while the king coming uh, sees him coming to rule and to reign on earth for a thousand years. The rapture marks the beginning of the tribulation period, but the king is coming marks the end of that same period with the beginning of the millennium. Rapture is at any time, all through the New Testament, any time, any time, be ready, be, have your head up. While the king is coming, is preceded, preceded by many, many signs. The rapture brings a message of hope to the born-again believer, while the king coming brings a message of judgment and justice to the world. If you don't believe that, uh, you can turn to uh, the last chapter of the sixth, the last verse of the sixth chapter of Revelation. Let me just, off the, I'm going off script here. And he said, to, and they said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. 
That's the people in the tribulation period. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Revelation chapter 6, last two verses. That's not, we're not, we don't, the rapture don't have that expectation. We're looking for the rapture, man. We're hoping it comes. I'm, I really hope it comes before I die. I don't mind death. I just hate the whole process of it. Amen. Who, who likes to suffer? Don't raise your hand. The rapture is concerning the church while the king coming concerns Israel and the world. Contextually. The rapture is said to be a mystery in the Bible. Behold, I show you a mystery. We should not all sleep. We should, you know, he talks about that. While the king is coming, is taught clearly in both testaments. The rapture leaves creation unchanged. While the king coming changes everything. And brother, you said that this morning. I just get a kick out of how we get together on this. We don't get together. But the Holy Spirit gets together. The rapture takes place before the day of wrath. While the king coming takes place after the day of wrath, which I just read you in chapter 6, verse last two verses. The rapture is for believers only, while the, while the king coming affects the entire world. And that's just to mark a few. And then maybe I say lastly on that, the difference between the rapture and the second coming is the church is not looking for the beast. Are you folks looking for the beast? Are you looking for the mark of the beast? You ought not to be. We're never told in the New Testament to look for the beast or the mark of the beast. We're looking, for, we're looking from the Lord from We're looking up for the coming of the Lord from heaven. That's what we're looking up for. Your, your expectation to be see Jesus, that's the rapture. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which shall lie in our man shall be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. The rapture is a comforting thing. The second coming is not comforting to the world. They hate him. They don't want him to rule over them. This last election, when we saw Trump, and, and Trump in a large way represented Christians, even though I thought that was a wild guy to choose, but... Uh, you know, God does strange things, and He put Him. He kind of, He kind of felt, He kind of helped us Christians, and we're for Christianity and for the thing. And what did the, what did the liberal press do? They went wild. They thought He was Adolf Hitler or worse. They went crazy. It wasn't Trump they went crazy about. It was the thought that Christianity would have a resurgence. What they fear is that Bible. God forbid. Our country would get ruled again by the Bible. God forbid that marriages would last again for 60, 70 years. God forbid that men are men and women are women. Because that's what the Bible does. And that's not the sermon, but I thought I'd give that as a little. <laughs> the king is coming. He's going to right all wrongs. Woo, glory to God. Are you tortured? Are your, is your soul tortured with the corruption of government? I don't mean just the United States government. I mean world government. My heart goes out to Burma who lost their government and they're in a hor horrible shape right now. Getting, getting you know, reports back from Burma how much they're suffering. People dying. Being, their houses are being burnt out. Just awful thing. Haiti right now. No government. How horrible that is to have no government at all. Even bad government is better than no government. Are you tortured by that? The king is coming. 
Are you sad at the failure of marriages? I know I am, but the king is coming. Are you hurt by the injustices you see all around you? People get away with stuff, but the king is coming. Are you tormented by the immorality and the utter vileness of, of the internet and, and, and the things that are being all around you? You can't hardly, you can't hardly go to the uh, mall without, a, without seeing a nude show. I'm tormented by that. Well, you know what? The king is coming. He's going to right those wrongs. Are you weary with your own failures? Man, I'm tired of my own self failing. That's our brother so in Sunday school class, but the king is coming. Are you angry with crooks getting away with their deeds? And that's governmental crooks also. The king's coming. Are you tired of transgender idiotcy? The king is coming. Are you repulsed by homosexual wickedness and pedophile wickedness? The king is coming. Are you grieved at lazy people who want a free lunch? The king is coming. Are you grieved or fed up hearing people using Jesus' name in vain? Why don't you use Muhammad's name in vain? The king is coming. Are you looking for real peace on earth? What a beautiful thing that would be. The king is coming. It's going to happen. Are you, are you saddened at the sicknesses and the cancer and the physical troubles people have? I know I am, but the king is coming. Are you grieved at your own kids, your own children's wickednesses, turning from God? I can't tell you how many broken-hearted parents are in this room, but the king is coming. Are you tired and hurt at divorces and disloyalty to marriages? The king is coming. Are you sickened by nakedness and nudity everywhere you go? The king is coming. Are you horrified at the churches using the rock and roll of this world in their worship? The king is coming. Are you appalled at the false teachers ripping people off for their money on TV and the internet and everywhere you go? The king is coming. Are you tired of protecting your property with alarms and locks. I'm tired of locking my car. I'm tired of locking my house. When I was raised up in this country, when Christianity had more influence, we let we, my parents bought a car, they put the key in the ignition and never took it out. We had, our house was so old, we had uh, skeleton keys. Anybody remember skeleton keys in here? Skeleton keys. And it didn't work. It didn't work. The locks hadn't worked on that house. That was a 100-year-old house. It didn't work in that house. And they never bothered to fix them. Our back door was open. Front door was open. Everything was open. I lived there from 6 years old to 18 years old. And we never had anybody come in. And the whole time my parents lived there, never had anybody come in, break in, steal anything. Well, if they came in that house, they'd probably leave a few dollars feeling bad for us. Are you mystified at the rejection of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior when I present him to people and they say they don't want him? I'm like, what in the world? You don't want your sins forgiven? You don't want God to be in you, the hope of glory? You don't want your name written in the Lamb's book of life? You don't want your, all your sins forgiven? You don't want God to be for you? And if God's for you, who can be against you? And so many other things you've rejected? Are you looking for the unity of thought among believers? Boy, I love it when all believers agree on the same thing. Man, that's going to be a good day because now we don't. But the king is coming. 
Are you grieved at the world poverty and suffering on every hand? It was Dr. Uh, David Gibbs told us one time when he was teaching here that it's the dream, the dream of two billion children to someday have a bicycle. But when the king comes, that's going to be over. Would you like peace on every hand? The king's coming. And there's one. Are you tired of pain? Come here, tired of pain. Say amen. Are you tired of tears and suffering? The king's coming. You long for righteousness? The king is coming. The first time he came, as I said before, he was rejected. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And with his that were our faces from him. He was despised and rejected. But someday he's coming back as the king of all glory. Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly, riding upon an ass and upon the, coal, upon the foal of an ass. The first coming, he came and they rejected him. But the second coming, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8 says, Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, Paul speaking, which, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give unto me in that day, not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. All right. Ask yourself this question this morning. Am I longing for the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because Paul said there's a special reward for people who long for the coming of Christ. In 2022, I hope you have your eyes set on Jesus and you long for him to come and keep longing for him to come. Are you looking for Jesus, the King of the Jews, the Savior of all those who believe, the head of the church, of the body of Christ? The King is going to solve the problems, soothe the pain, remedy the injustices, and right the wrongs. You say, that's pie in the sky. You'll speak differently when you see him. Look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. Luke chapter 21, 27, and then they shall see the Son of Man coming in cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for redemption draweth nigh. The king is coming, coming to rapture his bride, coming to judge the world as a second coming with righteousness, with his saints. In rapture, we're take, all the saints are taken up. In the second coming, all the saints are coming with him. And Peter goes as far to say that we are a kingdom of priests. I don't feel that way. That we're going to rule and reign. We're called the royal priesthood. I, I don't feel royal. But when Jesus declares something, it's so. And you, born-again believer, and if you understand the priesthood of the believer, that every believer has the Holy Spirit in them and is a priest, and, in, and literally you are in the Holy of Holies, our brother teaching in the temple. And only, only one person once a year was allowed to go to the Holy of Holies, and you every day dwell in that position. What a day it is that we can be born from above. Thank the Lord I was born this time. And you're born for such a time as this. Remember this year. The king is coming. Lift up your head. Keep it up. Focus on him. Father, thank you this morning for your grace and your love. Thank you for the 
holy word of God. It's time-tested, proven in every direction. It's been under the fire of scrutiny in every way you could be put, and yet it holds. Why? Because you're the one that preserves it. Thank you for your intervention. Thank you for your help. Father, this morning, if there be anyone without Jesus here, may they realize that Christ died for them according to the Scriptures, was buried and rose the third day according to the Scriptures. Why? To save them from their sins. To be their sacrifice. Because it, we could not pay for our sacrifice by any amount of good works. Because you can't undo one bad thing you ever did. So God came through His Son and the sinless Son of God stood at laid on, it was on that old cross paying for my sin, your sin. Today, why don't you trust Him? Say, I believe that He came. I believe He died for my sin. In a simple childlike faith, I receive Him as my Savior. I'm glad it's so simple that even a five-year-old child can believe. Pray, Father, that you'd anoint this time when we go out with this thought Thank you for this year. Help us to do your will. This could be the year, by the way, that the rapture takes place. The church of Jesus Christ is gone. Tribulation begins. And God in heaven, we long for that second coming when there will be a world of justice and righteousness. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.